This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner, who's somewhere off the coast of Massachusetts. Mike, how you doing? Steve, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Obviously, a big change this is our first Trentless, actual first real Trentless podcast. But the reason they stay the same is because here we are, again in the year of our Lord, 2023, and we are a loser of a national championship first score safety bet yeah what what is that almost a decade running now oh more than a decade something like that i mean it's it's almost a decade and a half i think it's denny and i were trying to figure it out and i think it's uh this would have been like our 13th year 13th or 14th year yeah and so for the people that have been listening for a long time every single year we have a group of friends that get together and we bet on the first score of the national championship football game to be a safety and it's like ridiculous odds, right? It's like, it used to be more. We have to get a little creative now with how we put it in. There used to be a bet. We used to be able to place a bet for like plus 8,000 odds that there would be a first score safety. Now it's like one of those things we have to place two separate bets where it's like the first score of the game will be, it won't be a field goal. It won't be a touchdown for this team. We have, you have to place two. So you, you got to get complicated on it, but um, we placed, you know, that bet or some something to say that the first score of the game will be a safety every single year. And every single year we convince ourselves that it's going to be the year. And it hasn't happened yet, but it will. It will so, happen. So I, I did the math, Steve. And approximately, as long as we win it once every 25 years, then we're in the green. Okay, so we're 13 years in the red. But within the next 12 years, if we hit it once, we're in the green. So once every 25 years, that's all I'm asking. That's not, that's not a huge ask. It almost happened a couple years ago. Do you remember that game? Was that last year? No, it was um, two years ago. It was LSU, it was the year LSU won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, it was literally like. It was on the goal line. Yeah, they, they were taking the snap like on, basically on their goal line. It was, yeah. So we just got to get another something like that in the next 12 years and we'll be good. We'll get them next year. So, Mike, for for both of us, um, this was our a lot of stuff has happened between our last podcast and this this podcast, you know, mainly the Christmas season happened. And this is uh, both of our our first uh, Christmas as parents. And so it was a very different uh, type of Christmas. It was I mean, don't get me wrong. It was amazing. It was awesome. It was exhausting. It was stressful, but it was, it, I think the main takeaway was, it was great. It was awesome. But there's a couple things um, about Christmas, you know, from a parent's perspective that I want to talk about. I need, I don't know where else I can air these grievances maybe, or um, just kind of talk about these things other than on peak too early. So I want to talk about a couple things about, uh, you know, Christmas as, as a parent. I got two Two in particular, and maybe you have some that you need that you need to vent on. Um, but my first is so both of my both of my kids right now, they're in uh, uh preschool. Um, you know, they're two and one. Um, and leading up to Christmas, probably two weeks leading up to Christmas, something happens that infuriates me, absolutely infuriates me, and it is the classmate presence. Okay. And so every once in a while, like every like other day, you know, my oldest would come home with a gift from a classmate. And what the, what the, you know, this present is, is the parent came in and gave, you know, 15 different gifts or or sent the, sent their child to school with 15 different gifts to give out to everybody in the class. And it's like, what kind of try hard parent do you have to be to sit at home and put together 15 little gifts for for preschoolers and then to send them in? Because here's the thing, Mike, you're not necessarily trying to 
give gifts or provide joy for these for these two-year-olds, what you're trying to do is you're trying to show up the other parents in the class. 100%. You're trying to, you're trying to say, hey, I'm the better parent. And I'm going to try to shame you into sending gifts into school. And I, t- I, t- I told my wife, I said, we're not doing it. We're not doing these classmate gifts. We got enough going on. And you know what? Screw these parents that are doing this. Yeah. I mean, I I can't imagine that these gifts are of the highest quality or something that these kids are taking home. And like, this is their favorite toy for the year. They, they're happy about it for about three hours. Then it finds its, you know it's rightful place somewhere in the corner never to be seen again it's you know it's like a office place gift it's like oh the nice thing to do you bring in little cookies or gift cards for people that they don't really want they got enough cookies a gift card's gonna sit in the top drawer of their desk for the rest of the year i am totally against those types of gifts this is that to the extreme because yeah a you're trying to show up the other parents make them feel bad force their hand into doing something and it's all for nothing because these little gifts. I mean, like, what's an example of of a gift that got brought home during this? this I think time I got period? a like um, one time there was like um, coloring books was one. Okay. Uh, little stuffed animals was another one, yeah. and it's like in today's day and age, you know, these kids, you know, are getting so much stuff. Like, you know, you know, you get these plastic things from China. These stuffed things, you know, the coloring books are cost nothing, and so they get inundated with stuff this time of year to the point where next year we we may need to put a governor on it and it's just like it's just one more thing in my house that i don't need that my kid forgot about three seconds after he brought it home 100 percent. yeah that's that's no good but you agree with me that this is just the parents trying to show up the other parents right? oh you're trying to are shame you kidding me? me you think the parents care you know about the the look on your kid's face when they get their little stuffed animal. No, 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 no. This is a message to the parents. And I don't know if this is I imagine it's like a the waterfall effect, right? Like the first parent goes and does it, and then the next parent feels pressured to do it, and then oh. it, it it drags in, you know, 80% of the parents. Luckily, there's the handful of parents like you, and I'm sure uh, you know, some of the other dads in the in the classroom that's you know stand in you know, they're stand their ground and, and don't give in because if it wasn't for those parents, then every classroom across America would be expected to have every kid would have 15, 20 little trinkets that they come home and, you know, put in their mouth and almost choke on. So we don't need that. We don't need that, Steve. Yeah. And if you're and if you think that, you know, this is expected of us for the next 16 to 17 years of their life, think again. We're not doing this. We're never doing this. We get it. We're setting the standard now. We're just not doing it. Sorry. So it, that's my they must first grow out of that stage eventually. There's no way you can be like expecting Maybe. to give like 13 year olds like presents that they care about, you know, to the whole yeah. class. That just that can't happen. Now you're right. You're right. So in my second thing as a parent, parent Mike, um, and this is something <laughs> I almost had a mental breakdown over and it was a toy assembly. And these freaking toys, I tell you what, you know, you buy these things on Amazon. My, my wife bought a kitchen set and I opened up this box to put it together. And Mike, I'm talking thousands of pieces, thousands of pieces. And you look at the directions and the directions aren't helpful at all. Like it was this kitchen set. It was it was a three night project putting this together. You got to, you know, I did my work and I, you know, you, you come home, you, you know, you, you give the kids dinner, get in the bath, get in the bed, whatever. And you, you have, you know, an hour to sit down and maybe watch some football, maybe put on a TV show, maybe answer emails, clean up work that you didn't get done during the day. And instead I'm sitting there slaving away on this freaking kitchen set and you pay enough money for this thing. You got to make the assembly a little bit easier or send it to me half assembly. You know, the, this, this, the, the amount of freaking pieces and the amount of work you got to put this together, it's insane. So I agree with you. And, uh, you know, mine, I had, we had a little, um, a little sports center set and a little food truck that was a required assembly. Not quite as extensive as your, your kitchen. So I didn't get the full effects. Um, but I mean, this is a rite of passage, Steve. I mean, this is, this comes with the territory. This is, you know, 
every father needs to have an experience where they're throwing things across the room at three o'clock in the morning on, on Christmas day. And, you know, I picture uh, our father setting up a ping pong table, you know, cursing at the, you know, cursing at the direction some somewhere in ungodly, you know, time and night. It's a rite of passage. This is, I, I, I feel like I there's, so. a, there's a handful of experiences where you're not truly a father until you've had them. And I think you can check that one off your, off your uh, checklist. Your, uh, one day closer to, you know, being a, you know, a hall of fame father. So that you got to have it. You have to have it on your resume, Steve. I guess so. This freaking thing. I was, I was like, you know, screaming. I was like, what company made this? Screw them. We're never buying things from them again. Give them a bad review on Amazon. <laughs> I was just about to say, you're going right like, to Twitter, right to Twitter to trash them. This, this thing, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Any, Did the kids at least like it? Did they at least, did they at least like it? Yeah, they like it. Uh, not, not they. You know, they have they haven't spent as much time playing with it as I spent putting it together yet. So sure. Won't, <laughs> once they once they cross that you know ten hour barrier of playing time, then it will be worth it. But until that happens, it's not worth it. So. Yeah, I mean, I would. This is, I think, for me, this was Christmas with a kid light right this is like my warm-up because baby jay he's doesn't really know what's going on he doesn't know the difference he, he has has no idea that santa's coming down the the chimney uh, i didn't have to really hide any do any of the like hiding gifts from him or anything like that so i didn't get the full experience yet i am uh but i got a little bit of a warm-up a little bit of taste and we're gearing up for next christmas when it's uh i enter the big leagues you know what i mean i'm in i'm in Single A, maybe double A right now, but next year I'm I'm getting ready for the big leagues. Okay. And then of course we we had New Year's. Uh so we're we're, we're on to Oh to well hold hold on, hold on. Oh. I, I do have one thing I want to say. Uh I <laughs> I I think it would be worth noting, just because it was mentioned on the podcast on previous podcasts, that you are looking at the uh twenty twenty two gender and family Christmas tradition bracket style ping pong champion. Even though there was a little bit of, of debate late into the night. A little bit of controversy. But we did settle that controversy we did. late in the night and uh I, I remain remained the champion. So because we, we made well I don't even remember what the bet was now. What was the bet? Oh I had to break I had to break ten minutes in the three K. Right. Which you did. Congratulations. It was awesome. Hey uh running indoor track is so much fun. Like what was the last time you ran indoor? It's had been a couple of years, right? I mean, probably three, four years. But it was getting getting on the BU track and kind of whipping around for a three k. It was fun. Like I might try to do it again before the end of the winter, just because there's no atmosphere like that in running. So yeah, but I got under. So I I was you were supposed to give up five points in the match of my choosing in the tournament, which I would have obviously picked against me in the semifinals um but we forgot so we, we did forget but then we we played a late night game at you know whatever time that it was two o'clock in the morning and yeah and we, we settled a few, few millers deep but um <laughs> and then of course we have new year's and we got to start thinking about this next year in in resolutions and i think you know everybody on this podcast or listening to this podcast probably has running tied into their new year's resolutions in some way shape or form and you know it was around this time i convinced you guys to run the indianapolis marathon and i'm not gonna do that to you yet i mean we'll we'll figure out a challenge we'll figure out a mileage goal some sort of challenge for 2023 we got to keep that tradition going but i'm just gonna put it out there to anybody listening you know i know there's been a few listeners that said that they're gonna come run this marathon in the past and um, for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out, but, uh, I am going to run the 2023 Bay state marathon. That's going to be my goal for this year. Um, I'm setting my, my, uh, my, my sights, uh, my goal for the, my time goal, pretty aggressive for that marathon. I'm going to do all my training around, a uh, you know, about a two fifty marathon pace. So I'm going to get really aggressive on the marathon this year, but if anybody's looking at the calendar and they want to put a you know, a fast, flat fall marathon on the calendar. 
put Bay State Marathon on. If you if you have any questions about how to get here, where to stay, um, we're you know shoot us a DM. Happy to give you all the information there. Um, and then the other thing is, we'll probably if if people are going to be around for for Bay State, we'll probably do some sort of after party. Um, it's it's always it always seems to be a perfect fall day for Bay State, or at least it has been for the past six, seven, eight years. And it's great because you finish the race and it's typically the weekend of, of London football and the NFL. So you cross the finish line, you know, you do all the post-marathon stuff and then you can like, you know, go to a, a, a bar, get a bite to eat, watch football at 1130 in the morning. Um, yeah, it's, it's usually, it's usually a great day. So, um, anybody thinking about it, they want to join me, put it on the calendar. It's, it will be fun. I promise. How would you, Mike? You got any, uh, you got any running goals this year? <clears throat> yeah, I will not be running the Bay State Marathon. However, I, I will say it's a shock to me that that's a marathon that you've never done. I know you've done the half a bunch of times, but that is the perfect marathon right in your backyard. It's the perfect time of year. The course is awesome. It's a course you know. So the fact that you've never done it, it's shocking to me that you've waited this long to. I've never been a marathon. Maybe you've done marathons, right? I mean, I mean, no. I mean, Indy was my third marathon ever. It's a, yeah, yeah. I, I listen. When I was when I was running fast, I, I loved the half. I never ran the marathon. Right. I've run the Bay State half. I've probably run it twelve times. <laughs> I've done yeah, it a lot. You run that? That one's been a bunch. So, um. So yeah, no. I think that makes a ton of sense. I will definitely come to the race. I'm sure, uh, you know, we got a couple places that may be willing to host a, an after party literally right on the course. So I think we could set up for a great weekend. Um, and also you know, the, the half, if, if you're not willing to commit to the marathon, the half is super fast. It's a really, really fast half. I would consider that, actually. I'm, I was thinking that when you're saying that, that I, I could I could be interested in, in doing the half. Um, so yeah, that, that's a, a possible goal for me, but I think that's kind of where I'm at, right. Is like kind of reevaluating what, what this year looks like for me for running. I, we did indie. I've kind of taken a step back and just kind of gone back to running when I want to and working out when I want to. And now it's around the time it's like, all right, what, what is, what is 2023 going to look like for me? So I haven't really figured that out yet. Maybe the half is the solution. Um, th- this sounds like a weird kind of like random goal but i want to and you've kind of delved back into this steve but i want to incorporate get back into like strength exercise with tie that into my my running you know i've been really into like just running over the last year or so i want to get back into the 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 strength side of things get a little bit stronger uh do some like stuff outside of just the the running and the cardio so that's kind of my primary goal and then find out what my what my race is going to be for 2023 and and go after that i would argue once you kind of get close to 30 years old as a runner um the strength stuff and um flexibility stuff the maintenance stuff it's almost as important as the running i mean you can get away with it in your teens and your 20s with not doing any of it but once you get to 30s, like if you want to have longevity in running, it, you can't you can't neglect it anymore. And and not necessarily the flexibility. Well, I need to do the flexibility stuff, but I never really enjoyed the flexibility stuff. But I always enjoyed the strength training stuff. Um, but I, you know, I, it, I, that, when, stuff comes, that stuff comes more natural to me than um, than running. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's fun. But when you have limited time, that's like the first thing to take the waste, like, you know, go by the wayside. It's like, oh, you only got an hour in the day to work out. Just go get your run in and, and call it a day. But I'm going to find the time for it this year. So that's that's my uh, resolution. All right. Any other any other uh, big resolutions? Uh, outside of the running world? Yeah. I let's see. I want to save some money this year. I want to, uh, you know, make a make a big purchase. Maybe think about trying to trying to buy a house. So that would be uh, that would be a good one. I need to <laughs> budget down, save some money, and it's a big uh, resolution. Yeah, yeah. I'd say I don't know if it's definitely going to happen in twenty twenty three, but I want to make some significant progress to it in twenty twenty three. Would be would be the big goal. 
I was just I was telling Mike before uh before the show, uh one of my resolutions is I am tracking to the scent all of my gambling for this year. And I have a full spreadsheet with tons of information on it, what's coming in, what's going out. So I know where I'm at from up or down. And I was just I was just telling Mike, um, I am so I was looking at the spreadsheet and I'm only down five bucks on the year, but I've placed so far we're 10 days into 2023 and I've placed uh, over 20 bets, but I'm yeah. dead even for the year. So, hey, doesn't matter. Broke even. Yeah. You're always breaking even. Out. Yeah. And just, you know, hopefully, hopefully we're up a little bit at this time next year. Sorry. So. Nothing. All right. Me. So Mike, you, uh, you said you, we've been talking, we've been talking new year and new year's resolution. You said you collected some stats from the previous year about the podcast. Um, let's hear them. What do you got? Yeah, nothing crazy, but just to give an idea. So a couple of things to preface this with is this was probably definitely our latest year as far as like episodes released. And, you know, we, we took some time off, a couple breaks during the, the year. Um, so just to preface with that, but still, we had over 115,000 plays. Let's see. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. We had 97,000 within the United States. Steve, what do you think our number one location within the united states was over the last year it was not within the united states hold on let me think about this real quick um it's kind of surprising to be honest uh colorado i know we have some listeners in colorado new york new york really well that makes sense i think we we have a decent we have a decent amount of two crew in new york then we had Greencastle, Indiana, which I guess kind of makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what. Uh, so I guess this is not just cities in the United States. This is all cities. Number three, and I, <laughs> I just don't know if this is like glitch or something or what's going on here, but number three is Hargesia, Somalia was Somalia. number three. <laughs> yeah. Some sort of glitch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three was uh, if you if you if you're Somalian and live in in your part of the two crew, please reach out. To yeah, us. let us know if you contribute to the eight thousand listens from Somalia, uh, Tulsa, Illinois, and then coming in at fifth was Lowell, Massachusetts. So, can I guess that? what our biggest country outside the U.S. is? Well, outside of Somalia, yeah, what would it be after that? <laughs> That's got to be a glitch. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so it's probably Canada, but I know we have a lot of lists. We we used to have a, a decent amount of listeners. Germany, do we still? Is Germany still up there? Germany was number five. Okay. UK was number three. Yeah, it makes sense. We yeah, we have some some guests from, and then Canada was number four. Uh, Australia, Somalia. <laughs> Somalia was two. Get some pirates listening to our. Uh... Yeah, you know what. I don't think it's a glitch. I don't know what it is, Steve, but there's just a group of people in Somalia crushing our episodes. All right. I hope what so. Do you, That'd be cool. What do you think? Oh, before I get to this one. So I did the whole Spotify rap thing for our podcast. But again, there's some glitch with that too, or just like our data didn't calculate on Spotify. I can see it all on our SoundCloud, but on Spotify, it's like we like 10 listens or something, which I know isn't true. Um, but one of the things that came from the rap that I thought was interesting was podcast was in the top 15% most shared globally. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sure breaking into like the top 10% is super hard, but top 15% is pretty good. And 60% of our shares come via Instagram, 14% come via Twitter, 10% direct link, and then 10% text message. So cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So this one, our most played tracks for the whole year, Steve. So I again I will preface this saying the ones early in the year obviously have an advantage, right? Because Huge people advantage. go back and listen to them. And I do see a trend where people 
come back and listen to them. And over the year, they amass more numbers. So just to keep that in mind. I don't even know if I want to make you guess because it's it's a hard thing to guess. But I don't know. Why don't you scroll through the episodes and is list it, a couple? It, it's not Shelby. It's not Shelby. Uh, but again, so I think that that's earlier on partially a, a, a product of, you know, how late in the year that episode yeah, yeah. was. No, I, that that was the only one that recently that I thought I had a chance. So, yeah, let me take a look here. Um, would And I would be surprised by it. Well, we had. You'd be surprised by it. All right. For sure. Is it a whereabouts failure episode? There's a whereabouts failure that's number two. Is it is it Grant Fisher? Nope. Oh, is it is it the episode we did after after um the mild challenge? Nope. I don't know. I'm never gonna get it. What is it? You're never gonna get it. Episode 140, titled Diamond Hands Trent, Melrose Game Recap, and the TB12 Tribute. All right. (laughs) Here we go, baby. And then Steve, number two, just as weird. Episode titled Whereabouts Failure 003, The Worcestershire Sauce Incident, and the Case for Sunday Long Runs. (laughs) I mean, can you believe? That those are the number one and two. Number three makes a little bit more sense. We got episode 146, uh, World Indigo Recap and Irish Clover Recap. Then we have Danny Mackey. Then we have Poopgate, uh, Jakob's Tattoos. Um, Jason uh, Halpin was number seven. I forgot we had him on this year. Yeah, the Shelby GoFundMe. Devin Allen was number nine. And then Trent's going running with the Bulls. I forgot Devin Allen was on this year. So very strange top tracks. Um, But you know what? I I guess people people like the weird ones. Diamond Hands Trent that that we got in all of our uh, Reddit Reddit followers to to come in for that one. I I mean, honestly, yeah. Yeah, that could have been a search thing too, because everybody was like trying to. At Everyone the time, was talking about it at the time. Yeah, crypto, and it could have somebody could have just typed diamond hands into into Spotify, and you know, be like, "Oh, check this out." And it could have been the way we promoted it too, because I think we were talking about, uh, you know, oh, we were talking about um, what's the guy's name in the Keith Gill, the, Keith uh, Gill, what, what and they, we were talking about his connection him? to the podcast, Stonehill, and how we know him, yeah. and everything like that. So I wonder if we put out a social clip or something that just drove people, maybe. We got to reach out to him because, I mean, his his demand is is lowered. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he's still staying low, but yeah, maybe we could float it. Maybe enough time has passed at at this point. Um, All right. So that's that's what we got for some 2022 statistics. Uh, Still pretty uh, refreshing statistics. It's nice to look back and that um, that. Number one episode there, the Diamond Hands Trent had over two thousand listens. So, I'll, I'll I'm happy with that. Keep a couple thousand listens. Per How episode. many total listens this year? One hundred and fifteen thousand. Not bad. Thank you, Two Crew. Yeah, we love you. You're the best. This is fun. This is fun. I like doing it. So, um, so, hey, before we so we we have a guest host coming on to to wrap up the show. But before we get into that, we just have a couple quick running topics because you know this is in fact a running podcast um that we wanted to get into in the first pod the first topic mike i wanted to just touch on and it's a it's a topic we talked about i think in the last episode or the one before it and i want to go back to usatf uh cross club cross country nationals remember we talked about cole hawker winning it yep and so the day after we recorded that i did some reading on it learned that something crazy happened. So like minutes before minutes before the race went off, this giant tree went down on the course. And so this was in Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. 
and the park refused to let because it was this crazy windstorm going on refused the refused to let the race go off and so the race was canceled but in golden gate park they have essentially this horse track and half the track is gravel half the track is asphalt and it's three quarters of a mile long and so what they did was they just ran eight laps of the horse track and that was cross country club nationals that's wild how, How do we crazy know is that? this before? That is crazy. I don't know because I I didn't I I I didn't do my research and then I I read about it and I asked a couple people there and they're like yeah we, club club Nats was a track meet. <laughs> That's crazy, which makes and you just Cole, had Cole Hawker was feeling right at home. People, yeah, hundreds of people in the men's open just like lapping each other, running around in a circle. There's a video of it. There's a YouTube video. If you just Google and watch it, it's just, it's wild. How do you even keep track of that? Like, I don't do know who's done how many laps and, and how do you not, how, how do you shut down that course? Like, come on, like a, a tree fell. I'm sorry. A tree fell, but Hey, the danger's gone. The tree's down. Run the damn race. Go was around it, the tree. Was it blocking the course? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was, but like, that's not why they canceled it. You could have easily gone around the tree. They canceled it in case another tree fall. They didn't want to endanger people. So the, the the park officials got scared and they just they said you can't race on this course. Very interesting. So wanted to get that out there. Yeah. Little little correction. Um, I'm gonna take back praise. I don't think I can praise, but I'm gonna take back anything that may have been misconstrued as praise for for Cole Hawker because it was a track <laughs> meet. That's fair. I mean, I'm just thinking like if this okay, if this tree is I need to see a picture of the tree. I'll, I, I got a picture, picture right here. I got a picture right here. Because this is gonna determine a lot of my opinions. I think the idea that you're canceling it over fear of another tree falling, it's like generally unless you know there's very certain specific circumstances in that area maybe super wet area or something like that there's not a huge correlation to why one tree might fall versus another tree might falling so being afraid that another tree is falling it's like well then why should we ever run cross-country meets in the wind yeah i agree you see the tree but uh it says you're has started sharing and hasn't popped up quite yet though unshare and then reshare I need to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna take that. Yeah. All right. Let me see here. Need to see this tree. Gonna dictate right. all my all my opinions. Downloaded the image, so I was pulling it up on a website, but maybe this will work. All right. Here, I got it right here. Can you see now? I'll just oh, text it. Oh no, I got it. I got it now. Oh, come on. You can right? go around that tree. Yeah. You can go around that tree. I mean, that's a big tree for sure. But that thing is rotted to the freaking core. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Look at that tree. It is completely <laughs> rotted out. That thing, was, like, that, that, that thing was doomed to fall at any minute. And, you know, it's broken up enough. Delay the thing 30 minutes. Get... A volunteer out there with a chainsaw and rip that thing up a little or, bit out of the or way or just go like, around it or treat it like true cross country and have it be a barrier jump over that thing yeah yeah and no, he, I, and he, but like ridiculous. here's the thing about club nets people are flying in from all over the country like i know i know personally 15 people that flew from boston to san francisco for this race you're gonna have them run around a track yeah it's crazy i'd be pissed yeah so, anyways, I needed to be brought up on the podcast. Mike, what uh, what running news story do you got? All right. So, I thought about whether I wanted to even entertain this or not. Um, but I think it's worth bringing up just because it is yet another reminder of what our sport does to itself. So, every once in a while, and I'm not proud of this fact, when I'm scrambling to find news topics or something that I got to quickly learn up on, I will turn to let's run to just scroll the headlines, see if there's anything I missed. So yesterday when I was prepping, thinking about what I want to talk about today, I 
turned on Let's Run and quickly scrolled through. And the entire front page, Steve, of Let's Run yesterday was a list of every single men's and women's world record in a poll format where it just listed the event, the name, and the time for every event. And underneath it, you could vote clean or you could vote dirty. Oh, my God. So you, they're hoping to collect this data where people go through and vote on every single world record dating back to dozens and dozens of years to have their opinion on whether you think the person who had that world record is clean or whether they're dirty. It it made me want to throw. Like, what are we doing here? Why, Why are, are we doing, doing here? Why are we doing this? I mean, that's what I get for, like, going to that website to try and, like, gather information. They know exactly what they're doing. They know that that generates conversation and that for whatever reason, we like talking about that stuff and trying to make speculations about a world record that happened 30 years ago as if people know what the hell they're talking about or as if people can make any kind of judgment on some someone's world record 30 years. Like, get the hell it out makes of here. It what no are we fun. doing? It makes this sport no fun, Right. Well, I mean, why are you a fan? Why are you a fan of anything? Yeah, because you want to enjoy. It. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, I am, I am sick of like the the fixation on this part of the sport. It just makes it no fun. Uh, and and the same people who are voting on that poll are the same people who are telling us that world records right now don't count because the shoes are too fast or whatever. So it's like, oh, okay, well, so someone's world record 30 years ago doesn't count because you think it was dirty. And then the world records today don't count because the shoes are too fast. So what the hell counts anymore? Yeah. And, but, and then the other thing is, is like, what brings you to hit? Yes. I think they're dirty when there's no record. Like they, they never tested, right. They never tested. Like what would bring you to, to, to do that? Like, I, like it, that makes less putting that pull up makes less sense than the, than the arguments people come at us about, letting somebody like Shelby Hoolihan talk, right. you know, um, I don't know. It, 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 it's stupid. And it just, it just goes to more reason, like why that website just, it bothers me so much. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it, it's trying to perpetuate the same stupid, shitty topics that are bad for the sport. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mike. Well, on that note, want to get into our uh, our, our guest host here? Let's do it. Brian, can you see us? Oh, you're on twice. Oh, two of them. How do they do this? (laughs) (laughs) You're getting inundated with Brian's. All right. uh, I'll figure out how to get out. There we go. There we go. This one now? No, now you're gone. (laughs) <laughs> your audio is coming from one and you're, there we go right. there we go i think we got it yeah i uh double clicked the the launch meeting and so i was on one and then on another <laughs> all right buffalo brian brian herzog long time two crew member uh we've been talking about it on a couple episodes and uh you know we want to get the two crew more involved and we want to have guest hosts and we didn't think that there was it wasn't a more fitting time to have you on than uh, the week after your Bills ended our Patriots. I, yeah, I disagree. I had very little say <laughs> in this decision. I would rather talk to you pretty much any other any other week than this week. I mean, I like you know, ideally there will be a week in like mid February, which might have been better for me, but <laughs> that involves telling the future a little bit. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I think it's a, a good time to be here. So Brian, yes. you know, obviously we had one of the uh, the greatest runs a, uh, a a team or a fan base has ever had, and there was a solid there was a solid ten years where as soon as the the Super Bowl date came out, I took that week off of work. Like I'm not kidding you, I would take that week off of work in the middle of the summer. I would tell my boss and say, "Hey, uh, a year from now." or six months from now, I'm taking a week off. And it was just like a given that that was my week off. And, you know, 
more often than not, it was important that I had that week off. So, you know, we're set up for some, for some dark years probably, but you know, hopefully you can, you can get a taste of that where it's just like, Hey, every early February, it's uh that's, that's, that's our season right there. Maybe just a little bit. Uh, you know, I do think it speaks to, uh, Obviously, you know, the championships and the amount of times you guys went uh, says so much about the the Patriots, the dynasty itself. But I think it also speaks volumes to the dynasty that um, you're telling me about dark years. And uh, this is on a year where you had a win and get in game in week 18 and following playoffs, both with <laughs> two, like a quarterback in his first two years. You know, I think I had I remember being in college and celebrating having 10 wins in December. So. Maybe you have some dark years. Maybe you can hold together. We'll see. I think the Patriots have been a good organization, but um, I I enjoy seeing kind of the the le- the leaderboard of the AC East change a little bit for a while. You bring up yeah. a good point. You bring up a good point. If we're a we're a Ramondre Stevens uh, fumble or a Jacoby Myers uh, not passing the ball to Chandler Jones for a touchdown at the end of the game away from being in the playoffs right now so you bring up a good point (laughs) but those are the things that would those bounces used to always go our way like that's how you know the tide is turning yeah i know we sound insufferable we we had a playing game and we lost in and yeah the end of the season but the difference is is those are the things that go our way it used to be that jacoby myers backward pass works out and he you know someone takes it to the house and we have a miracle win you know, somebody else is fumbling the the ball on the one yard line to lose the game, and now now the tides are turned. But enough about us. How how are you feeling? What's your confidence level right now? I mean, you guys clearly have a team of destiny vibes going right now. I saw Demar is he's like you know basically just up and up and doing fine, and the whole world's cheering for the Bills, which is annoying as hell. Like for you guys to be. <laughs> Like the favorites and now like the entire world is rooting for you as well, too. That's just it's very annoying. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Um I, I'm afraid to to call it the team destiny sort of thing. Uh I'm I think any Bills fan who knows any sort of Bills history would be uh, afraid to call <laughs> anything before like the absolute end of the Super Bowl. Um but uh but even then, I think I think a lot of people are very excited to see um see Demar. Uh, I think he came back to Buffalo yesterday as when he was stable, and then or maybe the day before, and they um they released him from the hospital today so he can do the remainder of his recovery at home and with the Bills. And um I think obviously that was a very scary moment for us, but I think it also at this exact moment in time has kind of brought a lot of good energy where people are are ready to play for him, and if if a championship wasn't enough to play for that is. Yeah. So definitely gives a a little bit of extra oomph and energy. I was actually like happy to see that um, initial, the, when they returned the kick for a touchdown on the first play, because it was like in my mind at the time, it was like, all right, this is perfect. Like, let's get all the emotional energy out of the way right now. No matter what happens in this game, even if Buffalo loses, like they had that moment, people crying on the sidelines. There was, you know, that tribute to DeMar. And then we can come back and win and not like, you know, feel guilty about it or bad because you still had that moment. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But like in my mind, it was like it was the the best case scenario because that I mean, that taking that kick to the house was I mean, that's one of those moments like in sports, you just can't you can't write that shit. You can't. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely electric. I'll tell you that. And uh, but my favorite story I've been telling about that right now is I was at the the corner of the bar, uh, pretty much where I'm at almost every Sunday. And Sports uh, City Pizza, Sports City Pizza, <laughs> and hey, uh, a guy kind of comes up to me and he's like, "Hey, what just happened?" I was like, "When we got a touchdown." He's like, "How?" And I was like, "Ran it back." And he's like, "Oh my god, I, I missed it. I was in the bathroom." And I looked at him and went, "I I got bad news. You got to watch the rest of the game in the bathroom." hey it's checks out right (laughs) exactly like if it works keep doing it so now i you know i i i don't want to get ahead of ourselves and i'm sure you don't want to get i don't you don't want to get ahead of yourselves rather um but say you know the bills make a run to that game in february 
are you watching the game at Sports City Pizza or are you having like are you, are you do you feel obligated to attend a party? Uh, I'll almost certainly be at Sports City. Um, okay. <clears throat> I've watched, I think, every playoff game there ex- of the past couple of years, except the uh, the Colts one, because that was in that weird time where bars couldn't be open. Um, I'll almost certainly be in my seats. Maybe, maybe I'll try and find tickets to a, a game in between them. I hope one day I'll, I'll go to a playoff game. I think it'd be an excellent atmosphere, but I even, um, I told your guys, brother, Chris, uh, last year, or I told him March, you know, last year he was looking at those tickets for the bills Patriots playoff game. and was like, Hey, these are cheap. I got to jump on this. And he asked me, did I think about going? And I, when I told him, no, I told him it's not because of the temperature. It's because I was, I had too much anxiety about it. I was like, I gotta be in the seat that I know works. So chances are I'll be in sports city. Right. I, I respect that. And that, and, and yeah. that was the, that was the answer I needed from you because the thing, so for us, like growing up high school, like our house was always a place where people came to watch the Patriots games. And we all, our family always had a Super Bowl party, whether the Patriots were in it or not. Um, and when the Patriots were in it, I couldn't watch it with the party. I had to watch it in a different room. So I would watch it in a different room. And then if something big happened, I would go in and celebrate, but I couldn't be in that room because you know, you gotta you gotta stick with what works. You gotta stick with what's been working all year. And if yeah, you're in the exactly. bathroom during a big touchdown, you gotta go back in the bathroom. I'm sorry. I was exactly. in college for the the Malcolm Butler uh, Super Bowl, and you know every year for the Super Bowl they throw a huge party on campus, and you know it was a huge thing. <clears> and I would I would drive home for the Super Bowls and and watch my home. I'm like I just can't be around all these people. I can't be around all these people who don't no idea what they're talking about who are going to be partying during while I'm trying to watch a football game. No, I just can't, you can't have it. So I mean, yeah, you gotta, I was in college. I was in college from, um, 2000, I was in college from 2006 to 2011. And in that time, there was many championships runs between all four of our teams. It was probably the greatest time to be a college student for sports in any region ever during that time. I never watched a single I never watched a single championship game or even like did, you know, big playoff game at school. I had to be home. I had to be in my living room. So, um, but Mike, you're telling a story about the, about, about, uh, uh, the 2015 Super Bowl. We got to tell the story about the Patriots, uh, Falcon Super Bowl. I don't think we've ever told that on the podcast. I must have. I must. I don't think we have. Oh man. So I was at the time I was on a boat in Antarctica. I had uh no cell service. We had uh no you know TV, no radio, no nothing. It's just in the middle of an absolute dead zone. So the only thing I had was email. And the emails were not reliable. Some would just not go through. They'd come in out of order. I'd you know get them all delayed and uh so in the first half of that game, I'm emailing with Steve and Steve's sending me updates. Like I said, I'm only getting a few of them, but I'm just getting the emails are just getting darker and darker and darker. And, you know, I find out that we're down 28 to three and all of a sudden emails just go like black for an hour, an hour and a half. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just like, well, we just lost the Super Bowl. This sucks. This is terrible. So we had a um, satellite phone on the boat. They had to like reserve a week in advance. So obviously I reserved it for a time when I thought we would possibly be winning the Super Bowl. So <laughs> like right before my time's come up, I'm like about to go cancel my reservation for the phone. Cause I'm like, I don't even want to talk about it. I get a slew of emails from Steve in all at once. Like all of a sudden, like, no, didn't didn't somebody didn't somebody tell you like and you were like somebody tell you that they were coming back and you that's right you were like stop stop messing with me that's right that's right I the guy on the um computer next to me got in a bunch of emails and he I thought he was like screwing with me he's like dude they're coming back they're coming back I'm like no they're not no they're not get out of here like you're you're pulling my chain so I go over and I look at his computer and I see the emails that. We just tied it up. So I sprint up. I grab the phone. And it takes a while to call. 
by the time the call goes through. And Steve, so on my end, on my end, the the Patriots are on the goal line, about to win the Super Bowl after this miraculous comeback. And my phone starts ringing with like this crazy number. And I'm like, I'm like, am I really getting a sales call right now? I take my <laughs> cell phone and I throw it across the room at the couch. And we're like, we're like at the, you know, at the TV celebrating. And like right before James White crosses the goal line, it dawns on me. I was like, oh my God, that's Mike. I run over, I grab the phone, I answer it as he crosses the goal line. So I, I pick up, I'm like calling, having no idea what's going on. Just know we had this crazy comeback type the game. As soon as Steve picks the phone, he's just like, Mike, wait. It's <laughs> going nuts. Like, I mean, it was. And then, and then you, you got mad too. Remember that? You got mad because I kept screaming. I, all I could do was scream at the top of my lungs. We won the Super Bowl. And you were like, shut up. Tell me what happened. Tell me what happened. And so you hung up the phone and you called the house phone. And I think our mother answered. And she walked you through the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously I would have preferred to watch that Super Bowl, but that was a pretty wild story. Yeah. Like just yeah, so, so. story. So Brian, what 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 do you got going on on the on the on the running front? Uh I know you've uh you've kind of made a name for yourself as a as quite as a the dominant beer mile in your in your region up there in Buffalo. Yeah, so um <clears throat> right now I'm at a kind of just starting to dial back up the running. Um I, uh, I've also kind of beer miling has been the one thing that I do a lot of and enjoy. And the other one that I did for a few years are, uh, all the obstacle course races like Spartan and Tough Mudder. And I, um, I did a very large 24 hour Tough Mudder one back in November, which, um, beats you up a little bit. So I took all of November off after that. And then, uh, kind of, I don't know, ran probably 15 total miles in December. Uh, and I've just been getting a little back into it now. Yes. Yeah. And probably more, more than Mike. Probably more. But so uh right now I'm just kind of trying to get back in and build the base. Um but uh I I have some friends here who are in a running group who do like a January mileage challenge. So I hopped in that. There's like 14 of us. I'm currently sitting in 5th and there's a clear divide between the top 4. I think the lowest is at 72 and I'm at like 55 and then the next one's 45. So I'm, I'm right in the middle ground of if I really want to start dialing it up, maybe I can I can make people nervous. But uh, probably we're going to cruise about where I'm at, um, build a good base. And then I haven't really said anything this year, but I've I've told a couple people I'm probably going to take the year off endurance things like trying to do marathons or stupid on obstacle races. And I think I might actually try and get on the track and really see how fast I can get that beer mile. I did a 665 right, last year. I'd, I'd love to see it get maybe some of those lower sixes. So <laughs> nice. That'd be, I mean, what's the, uh, what's the qualifying for um, the, the, the world beer mile classic. I think it's like, I I'm think not you just exactly have to break sure six, right? what it is. Yeah. I know. I, fives, uh, yeah. I've kind of tracked some of those times. Um, there were a couple in like the D heat last year that were mid sixes on race day. Um, so I figured I'd, I'd keep a, you know, an eye on that, maybe drop a line to Chris. Cause I think worlds is going to be in Chicago this year. Oh um, yeah. But I know they, uh, they did a nationals last year. And if they're going to do a nationals again, I'd like to just see what you need to be allowed at nationals. Cause I'd imagine yeah. it's probably a little bit slower than worlds. So It'd be cool to go, you know, go around the two crew for that. that yeah, that'd be, be awesome. Sick. That'd be very cool. What for for the twenty four hour tough mutter? Are you repeating the same course, or is it a twenty four hour course? So it's a it's a five mile loop, um, okay. and it's got twenty obstacles on it. Um, changes a little bit over time, but like the majority of it's the same. And so, pretty much when you start, like that first hour, no obstacles are open. And that's partially so you can take that 800 person field and kind of let it stretch out. Um, so you can, you know, get some pretty good mileage early on and then they open them progressively. Uh, so I think this year, like the first lap that I had that every single obstacle was open was like my fifth or sixth lap. Mm. Um, and then some obstacles, they'll change at certain times. So like they had one, um, not a physically demanding one, but it is kind of mentally against you. You had to get in this lake and swim under like four inflatable barriers. 
Um, just, you know, you're getting wet, you're getting out, middle of the night, and you're running middle of the night, you'd get there and they had those, you know, big stick in the ground tiki torches. And you had to take one of those and walk the circuit, like outside the barriers and bring it back to them. And they call it Statue of Liberty because you got to hold it up here so that it doesn't extinguish. And if it extinguishes, you got to go back to the start, light it and do it again. Huh. So it's that sort of thing, but it's the same general course, uh, same order of obstacles, that sort of thing. And just lap after lap, sort of many as you can. No, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I mean, like, what do you do for breaks? You do like, <clears throat> it, you know, it depends uh, who you are and kind of what your goals are exactly. Um, there are people who <clears throat> they go and they'll take, you know, a couple hour breaks in between laps or really take most of the night kind of hanging out. You have a, there's a large pit crew area. It looks just kind of like a camping ground almost. Um, for every competitor gets a 10 foot by 10 foot square. You can set up a tent if you want. You can set up a table with food. So I have a little backpacking tent pretty much just to keep some stuff dry in. And then I have food. And um, I try not to really take long breaks. I think the longer I'm in that pet area, the less likely I am to go back out. So mostly I'd be coming in, trying to stuff some food in my uh, mouth and, and get some good calories in, drink some water, chug a Red Bull, uh, change change a gear if you need it. So I think my longest two breaks were 10 and 11 minutes and one of those oh, was putting on my wetsuit and the other one was putting on a wetsuit jacket and some other things like that. But I usually try and keep it down to three, four minutes if I can. Damn. Wow. That's, That's intense. intense. Yeah. Oh, well, oh, Mike, I didn't... I don't think I ever showed it to you. Um, uh, Brian won best Christmas card of the Christmas season. No, so you did him. show it to me. Yeah, you oh, sent, you sent so it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's you and your fiance. You were sitting in snow in uh, in in Zuba bathing suits. Yep. Cheers and beers, right? Yeah. So yeah, I so uh, the, 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 the most Buffalo picture of all time. Yeah, I uh, like two years ago, I think I just even like was – downtown for some reason and there's like a buffalo store and i just had some time to kill so i ran in there and I was, they had this incredible zuba's bathing suit and i was like oh i'm getting that <laughs> and my then girlfriend now fiance saw it and was, oh that's awesome and i was like you know they have they have like women's swimsuits too so i ended up getting her one and we joked about doing this for like a year and then we got hit with that big snowstorm uh in early november and we both had that Monday off work because of the snow, which kind of looked at each other. And we're like, we're doing this? All right, cool. And like <laughs> ran out, set up chairs, um, like dove into the snow to take a picture and then immediately came back in because it was very cold. <laughs> but, oh, oh, man. Wish you, uh, we wish you luck, you know, throughout the playoffs here. You know, uh, I guess, you know, I guess we're cheering for the, we're cheering for Buffalo, right? I mean, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. I got a little cash on on Cincinnati, but you know I I I bet I picked that mid season, but I think right now you're talking team destiny. You know you can't you you got a couple years before everybody hates you and Josh Allen, as I told you earlier in the season. So I still like him, like I still like him. I'm sure I'll, I will grow to hate him. Um, so yeah, so I, I I'm kind of cheering for you, I guess. But, I, I guess well, if if Tampa Bay rips off a miracle run, well, of course. Yeah, of I, I, I might. I, I guess I'd probably be rooting for them. But other Brian, than that... what would happen? What would happen? <laughs> you know, I mean... by some miracle, you know, uh, it, it's 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 Bills Buccaneers, and you gotta you you gotta look across the across the field there and see Tom Brady once again in the Super Bowl. What what's your mindset? Um, maybe there's a weakness now. I mean, we've beaten him a handful <laughs> of times. Uh, you know, we've, we've all seen those moments where it doesn't quite look like the Tom Brady of olds. Uh, oh, definitely not, but, but I mean, yes. but you know, uh, I think it'd be kind of one of those moments of if they're good enough to make it here, they're probably good enough to potentially win it. So just go out and play the game. Uh, I'll be, I will say it's not my, uh, my biggest fear. My biggest fear is the fact that, um, a football historian may be able to tell you that the bills went to four super bowls in a row and oh, lost all of them and they might also be able to tell you that every single team they've lost to is in the nfc east and the nfc east has two very good looking teams in the playoffs right now oh, so if i have a fear it might be related to having to play the nfc east in the super bowl mm. um interesting but i think mostly it's just 
keep the good vibes, uh, keep, you know, hoping and uh, doing all the, the weird little traditions. Right. And then, uh, you know, you may remember I've, I've got tucked away a breaking case of Super Bowl table. And so uh, maybe that has to come out of storage <laughs> at some point. Nice. I, well, I think you're going to be all right. The, the NFC East are frauds. Absolute frauds. Yeah. yeah I'm, uh, I think it's just I'm always afraid of superstition. That's what it yeah, is. That's fair. That's fair. Well, good luck. One of these, one of these, uh, one of these years we'll join you for a game at Sports City Pizza. Uh, I look forward to it. All right, brother. Have a good night. See you, man. You too. It's great. Yeah, thanks for coming on. This is fun. Thanks, guys. Bye. See ya. All right. Thanks again to Brian for coming on the podcast. Um, this has been a uh, a little bit of a longer episode here, Mike. I didn't know. I didn't know without the uh, the third chair if if we were going to be able to get a full episode in, but I think we did it no problem. Um, yeah, we took a couple weeks and uh, had a lot to catch up on. So yeah, so. Uh, why don't we kick off the bell app? Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? Yeah, Steve. So I went, uh, hit the slopes this past weekend, went up to Vermont, went, went skiing for a day and a half. Yeah. And I, I nobody, I'm about to alien everybody because nobody's going to know what I'm talking about except for you here, Steve. But I just, I didn't even know if you know this, but I am, you, you bought a pair of skis and I don't know. 2005, I saw 2006. The yeah. I saw these when we were leaving. Did you know, did you know I'm still skiing in those? Yeah. So those, those skis are from, they're older than that. Those skis are from 2002. Yeah. <laughs> and I beat the shit out of those things. Yeah. And they have these stupid racing tips yeah. that are completely antiquated. And the, I could like unscrew them. So basically they're racing tips that, lasted a season because they ended up being way more dangerous and they were helpful but i could have unscrewed them a long time ago but at this point i just keep the tips on because they are the perfect sitting on a chair after the stranger small talk yeah so i'm like "Ah, i've never seen something like that What what are those things and boom i got an easy five to seven minutes talking about these tips making the same jokes every single time um so yeah i just i I just want to throw it out there i didn't know if you know i'm still skiing in those and that i still appreciate the uh the fact that those tips give me a nice talking point and and they're still they still got an edge they're still working huh um you know they're the only skis i've skied in since i was like 13 or 14 years old so i wouldn't know the difference i mean i have i'm still able to rip a little bit so they're they're still working um but people have been telling recently the second I get on a new pair of skis, my mind is just going to be like blown. Yeah. So yeah. I should probably get on that soon. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, yeah, th- those things, I beat those things up pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Those are from, those are over 20 years old now. So, um, all right. On my bell lap, uh, I got a couple of different directions I could go here, but I will say so. There's there's rumors floating about uh, Patriots greats Devin McCourty and Matthew Slater retiring. I will just say that every athlete, no matter what your sport is, no matter what position, you should strive to be like Matthew Slater. Matthew Slater is a guy who was barely barely made it into the NFL. I think he was a wide receiver in college. He found a place on the Patriots as a special team specialist. And he took that to heart and he became a captain of the team and became one of the greatest special team players of all time. He was a perennial pro bowl player because of his commitment to special teams. He found his niche and he figured out how to best contribute to his team. And he made himself one of the greatest of all time. Everybody should take that some sort of learning from that, some sort of lesson from that. Find your niche, figure out how you contribute to your team and do that as best as you possibly can and do your job and contribute to a, a championship team. So I just wanted to say that if you are in fact retiring, Matthew Slater, I uh, I have your jersey. I was wearing it the other day. Uh, congratulations on a great career. And I hope you find your way back into Gillette Stadium as a coach. So other than that, I would have run faster, but I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Joes. Joes is on a vacation far away. Come.
是那